Good morning, church family. It's Polly from Faith Westwood. I'm the director of student ministries and just excited to welcome you into my home this morning. Have you ever felt like prayer is just really difficult? Whether you feel uncomfortable praying out loud or feel that your own prayer life is just a struggle. Sometimes I feel like the words I say don't really express the feeling, the worry, the sadness, the stress that I'm going through. Pastor Steve is going to share more with you today about prayer through his series, Hang On, God's Promises to See You Through. We'll also hear from Miss Leah today, and we'll worship through song with Becky and Itzy. My coffee is ready. I got my Bible handy. So let's go worship together. Romans 8, looking for the promises of God. Grab your handy dandy binoculars. And if you haven't had a chance to make some yet, that's okay. You'll have plenty of time after children's time. And let's get going. First, I want to tell you a story about when I was little. When I was little, I loved to pray. And so when I was about five or six, I was asked to pray before a meal for a big family gathering we were at. And so I prayed for the meal, and of course, I had to add in a few other things that, and people that I was praying for, too. But after I was done, one of the adults at the table told me that I had prayed wrong, that I had said the wrong things before a meal. And that really crushed me. It made me so sad, and it made me think that I didn't know how to pray, and I quit loving it. How do you feel about prayer? As a grown-up... And what I've tried to teach you kids in Sunday school is that we can pray about anything and in any time and anywhere. It's a conversation with God. It's just talking to him. 
and God loves to hear from us. But what if you say, Miss Leah, I just don't know what to say. Well, you know what? That's where God's promise comes in today. God says that the Holy Spirit that he gives us knows our hearts and can speak to God for us when we don't know what to say. Isn't that amazing? So prayer is a conversation with God. It's talking to him and he loves to hear from us. And I wanted to share today with you a special way to remember some of those things that you might want to talk to God about and count on the Holy Spirit to help you too, to remind you of those things that are on your heart. And it's called a prayer burger. So we're going to build a prayer burger today from this stuffed burger that my Aunt Julie made. Thanks, Aunt Julie. We're going to start with the bottom of the bun, and that is the opening. It's where we say hi to God. We can just say hi, God, or we can say Heavenly Father. I like to say awesome, God. The rest are our prayers that we put in between the two parts of the bun, and they can go in any order. The burger is our concerns, the, our, the needs of others and ourselves. The next part is the cheese, which is our feelings, whether we're happy or glad or mad or sad. The next part is the tears, the onions, because onions can make us cry. Sometimes we don't have the right words for our prayers and we just need to cry. And it's okay to let our tears do our praying. The next part is the tomato or our thoughts. These are our plans, our dreams, our questions for God. The next part is the pickles or repentance. That's where we confess the things that we've done wrong and ask God to forgive us and then receive that forgiveness. The next part is the ketchup and that is praise for God. Telling him how great he is and how glorious he is. The next part is the lettuce, and that is silence. Sometimes it's good to just be quiet and listen to God and what he has to say. And the top part of the bun is the closing. That's where we wrap it all up and we can say in Jesus' name or just amen. And that's how you build a prayer burger. So it doesn't have to be fancy or perfect. Just take the time to talk to God and remember his promise to let the Holy Spirit help you. I've posted these prayer burger pages on the Faith at Home page on our website and also on Facebook. And they were in Friday's email that came out too. So you can look for those there and you can use those at home also. I'm looking forward to more adventures in Romans 8, looking for God's promises with you next week. And until then, may the Lord bless you and always smile upon you. And all God's kids said, amen. So now we're going to watch a video um, from the Backpack Blessing Tour on Wednesday. It was so much fun to celebrate with all of you that we are going back to school. And we had over 25 cars come through and probably about 100 people that came through. It was so good to see everyone and to be able to celebrate that with you. And thank you to everyone who came out and who helped out with that Backpack Blessing Tour also. So enjoy the video.
scripture is from Romans chapter 8 verses 22 through 27. We know that the whole creation has been groaning in the pains of childbirth right up to the present time. Not only so, but we ourselves, who have the first fruits of the Spirit, groan inwardly as we wait eagerly for the adoption to sonship, the redemption of our bodies. For in this hope we are saved. But hope that is seen is no hope at all. Who hopes for what they already have? But if we hope for what we do not yet have, we wait for it patiently. In the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weaknesses. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us through wordless scrim, and he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for God's people in the accordance with the will of God. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Morning, faith family. You know, since March, we've had some interesting staff meetings on Zoom. Uh, early on, we talked about maybe having a parking lot worship, you know, where everybody stays in their cars. And we talked about having worship in the park and trying to keep everybody spaced uh, apart. We talked about reopening our building by now and, and having worship on a Sunday morning there with lots of precautions. 
Well, based on two surveys we've sent out, uh, the vast majority of you have said you're not ready to come back to the building, either because you feel safer at home or because it, it won't seem worth it, it with all the precautions we've had, we, we'd have to take. People say, well, if I can't sing and worship and if we can't mingle with one another, it's like we're not really in church together anyway. I just as soon stay home and watch it on computer. That's why I believe that even when we get back into the building, it's going to be really important that we continue to offer online worship. That's how most of you are going to participate. And we'll be able to hold uh, worship in the building and offer online worship once our equipment for live streaming gets here. As soon as we learn how to use it, we'll be able to worship in our building and then live stream it to those at home. Of course, the other reason I've been reluctant to reopen the building is the pandemic. You know, I, I closely monitor the local COVID-19 situation, and I'm not claiming that all the data is perfect, but, you know, we always have to make decisions on the best information we have. The number of cases in Douglas County increased steadily during July. You know, the week of July 25th was the second highest week we've seen. Uh, the percentage of positive tests the last two weeks hasn't been this high in a couple of months. And then school starts this week. And so I'll be watching to see how this affects the spread of the virus in our area. And so we wait. And one of the lessons I've learned over the years is that faith always requires waiting. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we are your people. Govern our affairs. Guide our decisions. Give us love to serve our neighbors. Give us boldness to be a blessed friend. In your name we pray. Amen. Well, this is week four in our six-week series called Hang On, where we are hanging on to God's promises from Romans chapter 8. Let me encourage you to read Romans 8 once a week for the next few weeks. And so you can maybe, you want to read it on Sunday, every Sunday, or you could just read a few verses every day. And the word for today that we're pulling from Romans 8 is the word groan. Will you say it with me? Groan. Reminds me of the time Trish and a friend were talking about the differences between quartz countertops and granite countertops. And uh, I chimed in that we put quartz in our bathroom, but we take it for granite. It's a groaner. My kind of humor. But today we're looking at a deeper kind of groaning. I, I've listened to some of you teachers and I kind of sense that inner groaning when you talk about the school year and you throw up your hands and say, how are we going to do this? Let's look at some of the groaning in the Bible. The book of Exodus tells us that the pharaohs in Egypt enslaved the Hebrew people. The descendants of Abraham and Sarah were treated as nothing more than working machines. Their backs were bent from carrying heavy loads. They worked every single day without a day off their entire lives, generation after generation after generation. Of course, they also knew their family history. Yahweh their God had made a covenant with their forefather Abraham. God was going to work through them to bless the world. 
But when you've been enslaved that long, you start to lose hope. All they could do was groan. Exodus 2.23 says, The Israelites groaned in their slavery and cried out. And, they cry, and their cry for help because of their slavery went up to God. They groaned. And whether they knew it or not, they were praying. And God heard their groaning. Just after I turned uh, 22, uh, fresh out of college, I moved to Kentucky to attend seminary. And I was so excited about this new chapter in my life, but as it turned out, it was a lot harder than I thought. Now, my classes were fine. My professors were awesome. It was my classmates I couldn't stand, at least some of them. I look back now and I realize it was more about me than them. I was angry and anxious and irritable, and I cried out to God, this isn't me, you gotta fix this. But over the next couple of months, it just got worse. I remember one evening I was studying at a table in the library and I wished I could just take my hands and rip that table apart. Wouldn't it be great to be the Incredible Hulk once in a while? You could do things like that? Now, did God, God did come through and answer those groaning prayers, but my point is today is that sometimes we have to pray that way. Um, then God spoke to Moses from a burning bush, remember this, and said, I have heard the groaning of the Israelites. I have heard the groaning of the Israelites whom the Egyptians are enslaving, and I have remembered my covenant. Uh, some of you remember we spent the first 12 weeks of the year going through Psalms, remember? Uh, seems like a long time ago now. Uh, some of the Psalms, we learned, are a lament, which means that they're a desperate cry to God. Psalm 6 is a prayer of lament. It says, I am worn out from my groaning. All night long I flood my bed with weeping and drench my couch with tears. We, we might think of groaning as something we do under our breath, not very loud, you know, wake up with a headache, oh. But in the Bible, a groan can also be like loud wailing, like when a woman cries out during labor pains. And now in, in Romans 8, we see three sources of, of groaning. Let's look at the first one. Creation groans. Verse 22. We know that the whole creation has been groaning as in the pains of childbirth right up to the present time. What does it mean that the whole creation has been groaning? Well, I would suggest that earthquakes, hurricanes, tsunamis, tornadoes, all that kind of stuff are examples of creation groaning. The pandemic is an example, I think, of, of, of creation groaning. And it's groaning as in the pains of childbirth. So that's a biblical worldview here. Uh, that means that the earth is preparing to give birth to something new and beautiful. On that day, God will merge heaven and earth and it will become one beautiful, new, glorious creation. So all this groaning is anticipatory to, to giving birth to new life. But for now, creation groans. And we groan too. We are the second source of groaning. Uh, and so we yearn for that day, verse 23. Not only so, 
but we ourselves, who have the first fruits of the Spirit, groan inwardly as we wait eagerly for our adoption to sonship, meaning the redemption of our bodies. What's this talking about? Now, first fruits refers to the first portion of harvest, the first bushels of wheat from your field, the first handful of tomatoes from your garden. It's the first fruit, but there's a lot more to come. And the gift of the Holy Spirit in you is the first fruit of the full blessing that will come when God makes all things new. We have the indwelling Holy Spirit, but there's a lot more to come, including our resurrection bodies. So we groan inwardly as we wait eagerly. Isn't that a nice phrase? We groan inwardly as we wait eagerly. Uh, we may not always groan out loud, but inwardly we yearn for that day when we will be done with death and disease. We, will, we yearn for that day when we will be healed and happy and holy. We wait eagerly for that day when there will be no more greed, no more war, no more fear. And there's one more source of groaning. Creation groans, we groan, and the Holy Spirit groans. It's a beautiful promise from Romans 8.26. In the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit Himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. You know, this summer, one of the things God's been revealing to me, and just I guess I knew it, but just didn't uh, really know it uh, to a deeper level, but it's, I've been marveling just at the thought that the Holy Spirit is in me. Just, wow! The presence of God is inside me, guiding me, influencing me, engaging me, interrupting my thoughts with His thoughts. And when you belong to Jesus, the Holy Spirit is in you. Just, Think about that for a moment. And one thing the Holy Spirit does is assist us in our prayers. Most of my prayers, I would say, are weak. Maybe all of them are. I don't pray with tons of faith. I, I don't know if I'm always praying for the right things. And a lot of times, I, I kind of wonder if I, if I care to, enough to pray well. I, I, I don't have enough love in my heart to pray really, really well. But I pray anyway even though my prayers were often weak. Wednesday, I was praying for the backpack blessing coming up that, that evening. And I prayed that God would, would work in it in a beautiful, powerful way. And, and I didn't pray a really long time. And, and sometimes, you know, probably my mind wandered, which happens a lot, but I prayed anyway. You know, here's the promise we hold on to. The Holy Spirit intercedes for us through wordless groans. To intercede means to bring a request on behalf of someone else. And that's what the Holy Spirit does. The Holy Spirit prays, uh, even without words, in groans we can't even hear. Wednesday night as I was going to bed, I, I looked back on the day and I thanked God for answering my prayer about the backpack blessing. The families, they came with such expectation. They drove to each station around the building and received greetings and blessings, and God was powerfully at work that night. Here's how I summarize that promise. My prayers may be weak, 
but I hold on to the promise that the Holy Spirit is praying in me and with me and for me. Friday morning, I, I walked around the park in our neighborhood a few times, and I prayed for you. I asked God to continue giving me the message that you need. And my prayer was partly spoken with words, and partly it was just this inward yearning. My prayer may be weak, but I hold on to the promise that the Holy Spirit is praying in me and with me and for me. Trish and I have watched all the Star Trek Next Generation episodes. We've watched all the Deep Space Nine uh, episodes, and now we're most of the way through Star Trek Voyager. The main, one of the amazing things about Star Trek is that all these alien species speak perfect English. Incredible, right? How's that possible? Well, um, because of a computer program called the Universal Translator, even a language that computers never heard before is instantly turned into English. What a marvel, right? And the Holy Spirit is your universal God translator. It takes your prayers and translates, translates them according to the will of God. Did you know that? That's what it says in verse 27. Let's look at it. And he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit. Because the Spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with what? The will of God. When the Holy Spirit living in us joins in our prayers, our prayers don't have to be perfect. Sometimes we ask for the wrong things. But the Holy Spirit is our universal God translator. The Holy Spirit takes our weak prayers and aligns them with the will of God. My prayers may be weak, but I hold on to the promise that the Holy Spirit is praying in me and with me and for me. Sometimes I ask the Spirit to guide me in what to pray. I know some of you do that too. I ask God, uh, what do you want me to pray for about this? And oftentimes I'm led how to pray. Other times we may not ask for guidance in what to pray, but the Holy Spirit guides us anyway. Uh, you may have times when you've just gotten a strong impression that I need to pray for this and I need to pray it right now. This summer I read uh, Pete Grieg's book, How to Pray, A Simple Guide for Normal People, and he includes a story from a friend at his church. Now, Jonathan lives in London. One morning he was walking across Westminster Bridge that leads to the Houses of Parliament. He arrived early and a couple hour, had a couple hours to kill before his meeting. He, as he crossed the bridge, he began to sense an imminent danger, and he began found himself just praying for protection. For an hour, he paced up and down the streets, praying for the safety of those who work in Parliament and nearby offices. He prayed for people at the hospital across the bridge and commuters uh, going up and down in the area. So after praying and walking for an hour, he stepped into a coffee shop near the bridge. Jonathan says, I was just, it was just seven minutes later, and a hundred yards from where I was sitting, a terrorist drove his car into cyclists and pedestrians where I had been praying. Now, 
amazingly, only three people were injured, and they received assistance in seconds because the vehicle following the terrorist was an ambulance. Security footage uh, later showed that the terrorist had been driving around those same streets for an hour while Jonathan was praying. Now, I believe the Holy Spirit was calling him to pray. Another piece of the story is that Jonathan's wife, Linda, woke unusually early that morning with an urge to pray for him on his walk to work. My prayers may be weak, but I hold on to the promise that the Holy Spirit is praying in me and with me and for me. I want to close the message by taking us into a time of guided prayer. Um, feel free to close your eyes, look out the window, gaze at the image on the screen. I'll, I'll pause for a moment between each prayer so you can make each one your own. Let's pray. Come, Holy Spirit, come. Awaken my spirit by your powerful presence. Give me courage to pray, regardless of how weak and imperfect my prayers may be. Spirit of God, when I don't know what to pray, carry the groaning of my heart to the Father. Holy Spirit, when I pray, it comforts me to know that you are in it with me. Some of you listening today have not put your faith in Jesus and you've not yet received the Holy Spirit, so I invite you to pray this prayer with me. Jesus, I've been curious about you but I admit that I am not one of yours. I've held back my heart. I've been unwilling to surrender my life. Please forgive me. I need you, Jesus. I give you my life. I am all yours. Make your home in me and fill me with the Holy Spirit. all God's people said, Amen. Sweet.
Romans 8, 26 and 27 is a passage that I hang on to. It has really helped me through some times of darkness and have helped me when I felt inadequate in my prayer life. I'm thankful for a God who listens and cares for me even in my weakness. Next Sunday, Pastor Steve and Holly will be having a blessed gathering. It'll be held from 1045 to 1130 on the east side of the church. This is just a time to continue to encourage one another and engage one another as we are blessed friends. Don't forget to bring your mask and a lawn chair to sit in. If you have any questions, don't hesitate to reach out to Holly Timberlake and she'll get those answers for you. Hop on over to faithwestwood.com backslash service. There you can submit your prayer requests, you can find other resources, and you can give to this week's ministry fund and mission offering. This week's mission offering is the Faith Works Pantry. Our Faith Works Pantry team is amazing. They have found new ways to give more choices and to serve meals through the drive-through model that they're currently using. We want to thank you for all your generosity. Because of your food donations and monetary donations, we have been able to keep the pantry stocked and help families out this summer. We are so thankful for you and thankful for the opportunity to be able to serve our community in such a great and awesome way. If you'd like to give through food donations this week, there will be a bucket in the west entrance of the church. You can drop off your food donations there. It was great having you worshiping with us this morning. From my family to yours, I hope that you have a great week ahead of you. I hope you have opportunities to remember and to be thankful for the gift of the Holy Spirit who intercedes for us on our behalf to a God who loves us dearly. Have a great week, everybody.